Good afternoon. How are you? See, it's those that are hungry that come out, right? Those that are called and hungry for God. Awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, this is a prophetic church. And we want the prophets to tell us what the Lord is saying in this hour. I'm not a prophet, but I know that the Lord gave me this word. So I pray you will open your ears, your spiritual ears, to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So in Isaiah 60 verse 2 it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness covers the earth and the thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and to the kings to the brightness of your dawn. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that your glory is upon us, your people, Lord God. And the light of God is on us and people will be drawn to this light, Father. I pray, Lord God, that you would move by your spirit tonight, Lord God, and you would remove every obstacle, Father God, that would, res that would hinder us, Father God, from receiving from you tonight, Lord God. Father, just have your way. Breathe upon us by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, great days are coming like we have never seen before. God is forging out new pathways and we are going ways that we've never been before. And so because we're going ways we've never been before, we need to hear what God is saying. We need to hear him like never before. Isaiah 43 verse 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? So I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Yes? So the spirit of Elijah is being released in this hour. I truly believe it, that the spirit of Elijah is being released in this hour upon the church, upon the saints, and it will cause a great return of the lost and the prodigals to come back to God, which is what we want to see, right? Elijah was sent to bring God's people back, to cause them to repent, and I believe that this is what God is releasing on the church in this hour. Elijah called down fire. He demonstrated the power of God. And when the people saw it, they fell down and they repented and they acknowledged that God was Lord. And I believe this is what the Lord is going to be doing in this hour. The spirit of Elijah sent to God's people to confront, to unveil, to challenge, to convict, to bring us back, to align our hearts with his heart. In this hour, God is calling us to seek him like never before. So I heard the Lord say, wait, wait, don't run ahead of me. This is the time to sit in his presence, to soak in his presence. It's a time of preparation. The Lord is saying, push past the distractions, the busyness of life, everything that would try to stop you from pushing into God. Push past those obstacles. Because your sitting with him will prepare you. Your sitting with him will start to strengthen you, will start to set you free, will start to propel you into his plan and his purpose. 
This is the time of sitting with him. And this time of sitting with him will sharpen you like an arrow. And then when you are ready, God will just move you and you'll hit the target in Jesus' name. So God is calling our distracted, double-minded people back to having hearts raging and on fire for him and walking in faith. Isn't that so true? Yeah, we've been so distracted. We've been so busy. We've been running around everywhere, worried about everything. But God is pulling us back, this double-minded, distracted people, having hearts raging and on fire for God. See, God wants us to be on fire for him, on fire for him. He wants to be our number one in our lives. So God wants to use you in this hour. And that's why there's such a deep, deep work going on inside of us. Like week after week, God is just pulling out more stuff and surely we think there couldn't be any more. But God is still not finished with us. And so God is setting us free from everything that would try to hold us back, everything that would try to hinder us, everything that would try to to bind us, everything that would stop us from moving forward. It's like God is wanting to move it out of our lives because God wants us, he needs us to fulfill his plans in this time. So I also feel like there's an urgency in this hour that God is calling us to press in like never before and those who respond will be accelerated into what the Lord wants them to do. And don't you want to be accelerated? Don't you want to be used by God? Don't you want to be put into that place where God wants you to be and and be effective? So then he said, you know, you're in such a hurry. (laughs) And so many of us are in such a hurry and and we just don't like having to go this way and that way to get to where God wants us. But, But God is saying, stop being in such a hurry. Wait on me. And as you wait on me, he says, I will prepare you and I will open the door and I will make a way where there seems there is no way. But the thing that you need to do in this hour is to wait on him and to sit with him, to push aside everything and make a way to sit with him. If you need to put something in your diary, an appointment with God then do it if you need to make a date with God put it in your diary so you won't let anything else distract you make a time with God because God wants to do something in your life in this hour in this moment yes (laughs) so I saw this vision okay I'm just sharing before I go into the word what God was giving me so I, I saw this vision of all these people crowded together in such a dark place and they were so oppressed and it looked like they were in prison and the people's arms were, were, were sticking out through the bars and, and the Lord was walking past them. But he was saying, the Lord was saying, so many are not aware of who he is. Now he's talking about Christians. So many are like are in prison. So many are in darkness and bondage. And he's saying, as I'm walking past, even through the church, through the aisles, he says, as I'm walking past them, they're reaching out, but they're not aware of who I am. They're not aware of what I can do. They're not aware that I can set them free, that I can open the prison door and I can heal them instantly just like that. He says, they're not aware. They don't know who I am. And so he's saying it's in the quiet place. It's in the soaking that you will meet him and he will speak to you. It's in the quiet place sitting with God that he will physically come and reveal himself to you. The Lord said, tell my people to put on the armor of God. So God is saying you need to put on the armor of God in this hour. He's saying not the armor of man 
but God's armor. Put on the armor of God. He says, it's time for you to see that if you're born again, anybody here born again? Well, I want to tell you, you're in the army of God, whether you like it or not. And you're on the front line, whether you like it or not. And so he's saying, if you're in the army, you've been enlisted, so it's time for you to rise up and take your position as that mighty man and woman of God and put your armor on. It's time to take back what the enemy has stolen. Yes? Come on. Yeah. So 2 Chronicles 20. This is where we're going now. 2 Chronicles 20. The story of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat heard that a great multitude, many nations were coming against him. And when Jehoshaphat heard that, he shook like a leaf on a tree. Now that speaks to me of someone with great fear, right? He was shaking like a leaf on a tree. And he set himself to seek the Lord and called all Judea to come and seek the Lord and fast. And all the people, the young, the old, the children, all came to seek the Lord and to fast and to pray. And they said, as they stood before God, they said, Lord, when disaster comes upon us, when the sword of judgment comes, when pestilence comes or famine come, we will stand before this temple and in your presence and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear us and you will save us. Lord, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, Lord. And when they did that, God came and God spoke and God gave direction. This people knew that if they came into God's presence, that God would come and God would speak. And then the Lord spoke to them through Jehaziel. And he said, listen, all you people and you King Jehoshaphat, listen. And the first thing that the Lord said to them was, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed because of this great multitude that is coming against you. For the battle is not yours, for the battle is the Lord's. So the dictionary says, for the word fear means do not dread. It means dread, alarm, panic, terror. And dismayed means alarm, concerning, upset and worry or agitated. So God is saying, don't go down that road. The Lord was saying, stop being anxious. Stop getting agitated. Stop being fearful. Stop being stressed. Stop worrying. Put your trust in me and the battle is mine. He says, you will not need to fight in this battle. The Lord was telling those people that they do not need to fight in this battle. All that they had to do was position themselves in God, trust God and believe God that he would fight the battle. They had to get out of the way, but they had to literally trust God that he said he was going to fight that battle. And I want you to use your sanctified imagination. It's like I can see things sometimes and, and I, I can see that God said to them they need to go into battle. But as they go into battle, they would take the worship team and the worship team was supposed to go in front of them into battle and they were supposed to be worshipping and praising God. Now, you know, when we come here and we, we praise and worship God, we are doing warfare. Are you aware of that? 
we are doing warfare and we're pushing back the powers of darkness and we're, we're causing the enemy to flee. So God told these people to go into battle and to know that God is going to fight the battle for them. And all they had to do was position themselves in God and trust God and stand there and praise and worship God. Now, here were all, all Judah standing there praising and worshiping God. And here comes the enemy over the mountain, over the hill, and they look and they can see no weapons in sight. All they can see is these people standing there praising and worshipping God. And I can see the enemy looking at each other and saying, Wow, boys, we're going to be home soon, right, boys? Yeah, we're going to be home in time for dinner. We're going to be in time for soccer show on TV, right? They're saying it's like taking candy out the baby's mouth. They're saying we're going to win. The enemy is looking at them thinking they're going to win because they can't see any weapons. All they can see is these people standing there praising and worshipping God. And then you hear the sounds of battle. You hear the screams as people get hit with the swords and the spears. And you, you hear the sound of metal, you know, and you hear the sound of bodies falling. And, and then all of a sudden there's just this deadly silence. But in the meantime, I can see God's people, Judah, the, the tribe of Judah, standing there saying, did God really say that he was going to fight our battle? Did we really hear God? Did he really say to us that all we had to do was stand here and praise and worship him? I mean, just for that second, they could have had a, a, a moment where they just doubted that God would do what he said he would do. Just for that moment, they could have doubted that, that the, the prophet actually heard what God had said. But God had told them to stand there and trust God and the battle was going to be God's. And then all of a sudden there was silence, deadly silence. And I could just see the tribe of Judah opening their eyes and, and looking at their bodies and going, oh my God. Hmm. There's no spears, no, 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 no blood, no nothing, right? And, and then they look at their people next to them and they're all standing. But then they look and they see the enemy self-slaughtered. The enemy dead around them, self-slaughtered. And not one of the tribe of Judah lifted up their hands to do battle. The Lord fought the battle for them as they praised and worshipped God. You know that as we start to praise and worship God, are you aware that our battles can be fought? Are you aware that, 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 that you can start to get victory as you start to praise and worship God? Are you aware that depression will leave your house as you start to praise and worship God? Are you aware that fear will leave as you start to praise and worship God? As you praise and worship God, the Spirit of God comes into the situation. The presence of God comes into the room and, and it just changes. When the presence of God comes, the enemy has to flee, right? So I don't know about you guys, I've never fought, oh, well, I have fought battles that way on my knees, just praising and worshipping God. And I feel like God is calling us back. And so it's just so amazing to me how God intertwines what he does here in our church services, in, in our meetings. And as Pastor John was sharing this morning, I felt like he'd been reading my notes, right? And it's, but God, and, and like even when you hear the worship songs, you know it's all intertwining. God is doing something and we need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And so when Pastor John started to speak about David and Goliath, I thought, oh my God, I've got to go home and change my message now, right? <laughs> but, you know, God just brings out different points that he wants us to hear. And so I want to look at Samuel, um, 1 Samuel chapter 17, the story of David and Goliath. David, that little shepherd boy, <laughs> very young, 13 maybe, I'm not quite sure, sent by his father to the front line, to the battlefield, to see how his brothers were going in the war and to take some food. And here is David, young, Hungry, hungry for action, passionate, on fire. 
and he sees Goliath, a giant, taunting and ridiculing the trained army of Israel. And what David sees is that that Israel is scared, is petrified of this Goliath. These trained men in battle were petrified of Goliath. Even Saul himself was petrified. And for 40 days, uh, the the giant Goliath would, would taunt Israel. For 40 days, Goliath just kept taunting them and attacking them with his words. And in verse 25, David hears that there is a reward for anyone who can defeat the giant. And David gets excited because David thinks it's good to get a reward. And so he asks three times what the reward is. And the reward was that he'd get the, the king's daughter, that he'd get riches, that he'd not have to pay taxes for the rest of his life. And so David is standing there and, and he, he wants to know how to get this reward. And as David is inquiring, David's brother hears him. And David's brother was really angry with David. He was thinking that David was arrogant. He was thinking that David was proud. And he goes up to his brother and he says to him, you know, who are you? And he says to him, what have you done with those few sheep that you look after? What have you done with them? And it's like David says, what have I done now? It's like his brother Elias would continually try to put him down. And so David says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not something bigger than you and me going on down here right now? David could see what all the others couldn't see. And David sees that what's going on. And that sets him apart. And we need to see what's going on because that's going to set us apart. We need to see what's going on in the spirit realm. David sees that the attack is coming against the kingdom of God through the people. And, it's at, and the kingdom of God is at stake because of Goliath. And so David knows what the cause is. And David knows that Goliath is coming against the army of the Lord, not against the people itself as such. And so because David's brother just had such a go at him, David could have taken offense. David could have got hurt. David could have got angry. David could have had unforgiveness in his heart. And he wouldn't be able to defeat Goliath and stand for God's cause because such is the power of unforgiveness in our hearts. Such is the power of offense in our heart. If we have that in our hearts, it, in, it stops us from moving forward. The king hears all about David crying out and asking what the reward was. So the king sends for David. And as David comes into the room, the king looks at David and thinks, wow, this is just such a young boy, you know, just as such a young boy. He's not even a man yet and he wants to go and fight Goliath. And the king says, but hey, come on, you're just a boy, you know. And David says to the king, come on, let no one's heart fail him because of the giant. He says, me, your servant, will go and fight with this Philistine. David is saying, me, your servant, will go and fight with this Philistine. Nobody else in the army would go out and fight with a Philistine. But here is David saying, I will go. And the king looks at David and thinks, what the heck, man? You know, you're only a boy. You're, you're not trained in battle. But David dis disagrees. 
He believes he's trained. He believes he's qualified. He says, no, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, used to keep his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and took the lamb, I went out after it and struck it and saved the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. And the Lord gave them into my hand. And the Lord gave me victory. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcision will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. See, David saw himself the way God sees him. David knew that he was able to overcome any Goliath, any giant, any lion. David had such confidence in God that no matter what came against him, he knew that he would be able to overcome it in Jesus' name. So you are in God's army. So when the enemy attacks, he is not attacking you personally. You've got to see that. He's attacking you because you are part of God's army. And what he's doing, he's trying to stop the plans and purposes of God coming into being. And if he can attack you, if he can get you to be offended, if he can get you to walk around hurt or or, uh, upset, he can stop you from moving forward in Jesus' name. So the enemy is out to stop us and make us quit and pull back. So, but it's not about you, it's about God and it's about his cause. And, and so the enemy is trying to hinder us, trying to stop us and trying to stop God's plan. So we need to be more alert of what's going on in the spirit realm. We've got to stop looking in the natural realm and start to see more in the spiritual realm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. David's confidence was in the Lord. He knew God had delivered him from the lion and the bear and he knew God would deliver him from Goliath. And so my question to you tonight is, is where is your confidence? The king says to David, okay, put on my armor. Can you imagine little David like he's like five foot or maybe four foot six? And here's the king like six foot and David gets to put on the king's armor and here's David trying to walk around with the armor of the king and David can't even move right. (laughs) right and so the king says okay and so David says no no I can't I can't walk in your armor you know we can't put on anyone else's mantle we can't walk in anybody else's shoes we can't walk in anybody's armor you got to be who God wants you to be and you've got to do what God wants you to do and you've got to walk where he wants you to walk there's no one else who can do what God has called you to do and so you need to rise up and believe that you're called and you need to rise up and put on the mantle that God has given you we've had that word over and over again that you need to put on the mantle and so many of us take off the mantle but you need to pick up your mantle and you need to start to walk in it there's no one else that can do what you are called to do But if you refuse to do it, God will raise up somebody else to do what he's called you to do. So let's not give up. Let's put on the mantle and let's walk in it. So anyway, David goes to fight Goliath, the giant. And so here's David and and all Judah and Israel on one side. And here's Goliath and all the Philistines on the other hill. And they would look at each other and taunt each other. And next minute, Goliath is going down the hill and, and he's trying to find the man who's going to fight him. And he's looking everywhere and he can hardly see. He can't see anyone. And then all of a sudden he sees this little boy, this little David. And he cries out and he says, what? What? And, you know, and, and he says, what, am I a dog <laughs> that you come to me with sticks? And then he says, come, come on, come to me. Come, I dare you to come. I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and, and, and the beasts of the field. 
The enemy was trying to intimidate David. The enemy was speaking things over David, trying to intimidate him. And like the enemy does this to us, he tries to intimidate us. He tries to intimidate us in our dreams. He tries to intimidate us through people. He tries to intimidate us through visions. And so we've got to see how the enemy works. He tries to intimidate, to hold you back, to hold you down, so you won't rise up and do what God has called you to do. And so David, like he just stands there, and David shouts out, no, no, you got it wrong. <laughs> you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but i got something more powerful, right? He says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. So David knew who he was serving. David knew that when he went into battle, he knew that the victory was the Lord's. He knew that the battle was the Lord's, right? He knew that no matter how big the giant is, he knew that he would have victory in Jesus' name. And so here's David, right? And he says this day, you come to me with a spear and a shield and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And David says, you come to me, victory is mine, all and I will strike you and take off your head and feed your carcass to the, to the birds of the field. And he says, oh, not only your head, but all the Philistines' heads I will feed to the birds of the air, that all the world may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Believing in the Lord your God shall establish you. As we start to believe in the Lord and God, we shall be established. And so here comes Goliath. He has all the protective armor on him. And I, I looked up, he, he, he's really quite tall. He's nine feet tall. And he's got the armor on, he's got the helmet on, the shield and the breastplate, and he's even got an armor bearer that runs in front of him. And here's little David, all he's got is a little slingshot. He's got no armor on except the armor of God. He's got the armor of God on him, right? And it fits perfectly, right? And so that's all you need, the armor of God. And sometimes like, like David was running, yes, I think he would have tackled some fear. I think his physical body would have felt fear, but David did it unafraid. And sometimes we've got to do it even while we're afraid, do what God says, knowing that victory is ours in Jesus' name. So here's David with the armor of God all over him, perfect fit, shield of faith, knowing that God will do what he said he would do, trusting God and the belt of truth, knowing that the word of God is true and the sword of the spirit, and he uses it against the enemy. He uses it, and the sword of the Spirit is the word. And as David speaks out to Goliath, this day I'm going to feed your head, your head to the birds of the field. And so as David speaks it out, he's declaring the word of God, and God's word will never come back void. God's will, word will accomplish what it's been sent out to do. So David then rises up, and he, he stands still, and then he pulls out his slingshot. And he puts a little pebble in it and he just pulls it back. Now, you've got to see this. Goliath has got all this armor on, right? And here's little David with a slingshot. And he pulls this back and a stone, a pebble, flies through the air. And it just happens to find a little hole in the helmet of Goliath. And it hits him and Goliath falls down to the ground. Come on. <laughs> God would have had to orchestrate that for that stone to go in the right place, right? And then David, like, 
he just runs. He runs quickly towards Goliath and he picks up Goliath's sword and, Goliath, and he cuts off Goliath's head. And then David walks around with the head of Goliath. Talk about blood and guts and gloom, right? David is walking around with the head of Goliath. This is his trophy. He has just got victory over the enemy. But not only that, David thought that it was not good enough just to hit him with a stone. He knew he had to go in there and completely destroy Goliath. And how many of us have Goliaths in our lives? How many of us have facing Goliaths? Something big, some challenge that's been coming at us again and again and again. It's like God is saying, don't just cut off this head of the Goliath. Don't just cut off the head. God is saying, go in there and really destroy everything in that Goliath that's been rising up. Every seed that would try to come, every seed that would try to rise up about this Goliath attacking you again, don't water it. Don't allow it to rise up. Completely destroy the enemy. Completely destroy that thing that's been attacking you. Completely give it no, light, no room to work in your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't just wound the giants in your life. Cut them off. Pull out its roots. Get brutal. Kill the seeds. Don't water them. Stop it from springing up again, from raising its little head and growing. Stop the seed from spreading, from destroying. Cut it off and, and continue to remind the enemy that he has been defeated. The victory is yours. That the battle is the Lord's. Speak it out. Shout it from the rooftops. Believe it, but begin to declare the word of God. See, the enemy will come in like a flood. And so many of us have Goliaths. And so David was able to defeat Goliath because he started to get victory over small areas in his life. Like the lion. <laughs> the lion, a small area in David's life, right? David overcame the lion. And so I sort of think, wow, if a lion stood in front of us, you know, most of us would run, right? I know, well, maybe all of us would run, right? Right? But think about it. Little David, like I'm sure he was no bigger than me, he confronted a lion and he, he just knew that God would give him victory over the lion. And, and then God, he knew that God would give him victory over a bear. And so God is saying to us that we need to start getting victory over some Goliaths in our lives. Some Goliaths that have been raising up its head, continually attacking you, continually holding you down. Some Goliaths that, that's been strangling your, your relationships, that's been strangling your family situations. You know, there's some Goliaths that have been holding you and holding you in bondage for so long. But God is saying it's time to rise up and, and confront that, that Goliath and, and, you know, cut off its head. Stop it allowing to rise up in your family. And so David got victory over the lion and over the bear. And because he got victory over those smaller things, he was then able to get victory over Goliath. And if we can't get victory over the small things, we're not going to get victory over the big things. And so God is challenging us to start to get victory over the small things. What small things in your life do you need to get victory over? What small things that are, that are constantly coming back and rising up in your life that are holding you back? What small things are continually hounding you that are getting victory over you? God is saying it's time for you to rise up and destroy that lion, destroy that bear, whatever it is that's been causing you to get trampled on by the enemy in Jesus' name. And so when you can start to confront those smaller things, you're going to start to be able to confront the big Goliaths. And so God is getting us ready to confront, to kill in the spirit realm. You know, I'm not talking about real people. We're talking in the spirit realm here. 
So David, David knew who he was because he spent a lot of time in the wilderness looking after his father's few sheep. And you know what amazes me, David, even though they weren't his sheep, he would lay his life down for someone else's sheep. He would fight for those sheep. And so each one of us are supposed to be like a David, a shepherd, and we should be laying down our lives for other people. So David spent so many nights alone in the wilderness with the sheep. Nights when he had no TV, no internet, no Twitter, no Facebook, no Steve Furtick, no Jensen Franklin, no Bill Johnson, no YouTube to encourage him, to build him up, to listen to. But they were nights of meditating on the Word of God. They were nights of soaking in God's presence. They were times of getting to know God, speaking to God from his heart, getting to know God, letting God change him, letting God take away his insecurities, letting God take away offense, letting God take away unforgiveness, letting God just make him into the man that God wanted him to be. He had so many nights of just sitting there worshiping God and praising God. And when you worship and praise God, God comes into the situation. And so nights of sitting with God, getting to know who God was and getting to know what God had promised and getting to know who he was in God caused him to be able to confront the Goliath without any fear, knowing that Goliath was coming against the army of the Lord, not against the people, but against the army of the Lord. So David knew his God and he knew that God would give him victory over the Goliath. And so God will give us victory over our Goliaths. If we start to sit and spend time with God, we can start to get victory over these things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So God chose Jehoshaphat and David and Elijah for his purpose to fulfill his plans. And God has chosen you, all of you. And all creation is groaning in earnest expectation, waiting for the sons of God to arise. Waiting for us to rise up to our rightful position in order that we, his sons, can fulfill, fulfill God's plans and God's purposes. See, God needs you to fulfill his plans and his purposes here on the earth. And I know, I know, I feel like tonight God is just really pushing that we need to start spending time with God. How many, time, how many hours do we spend on the phone? How many hours do we spend on Facebook? How many hours do we spend on the internet? It's like God is saying, can you not give me at least an hour a day? Because I know, I know God is like saying, the more time that we spend with God now, the quicker we're going to grow and the quicker we're going to get catapulted into where he wants us. And so I believe like God is saying, it's, it's, he's wanting his people just to hunger after him like never before. And it's going to be nights of sleepless nights. I've never had so many sleepless nights. I've never had so much lack of sleep as since I've come to this church. I don't know what it is. You must be praying something, right? I never used to always have to wake up like from 12 till 4 in the morning and to do warfare and to do praying. But it's, it's in those hours of sitting with God that God will start to speak to me and God will start to strengthen me and God will start to give me food for the people that I'm going to meet during the day, spiritual food, right? And so 
you know, God is doing something. It's the midnight shifts. It's the, the sitting with God. David was in the midnight shifts, sitting with God in the darkness. Man, I would have freaked out in the darkness all alone, right? But he was David. He was sitting with God in the darkness in the middle of nowhere and just worshiping God and speaking with God and getting to know God. And like, like God gave me that vision. There's all these people in depression and so many people in oppression. And it's like they're in prison and they're reaching out to Jesus as he's walking past. But Jesus was saying, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I can do in your life. You don't know that I can set you free. And so he's saying, this is why you need to spend time with me. So you can start to know me. So you can start to know that I can set you free. So you can start to see what I've done for you. And so you can rise up and become these mighty men and women that I've called you to be. And so you can be set free. Yes? Come on. So this is the generation. This is the last generation, I believe, that will demonstrate the power of God. I truly believe it. But you need to start pushing into God like never before and sitting with him. And, and God was saying they will face Goliath. This last generation will face Goliath, but they will defeat him. Every Goliath that will rise up, you will just defeat him. You will know who you are. You will know the power of God is in you. You will know who God is and you'll know that God is fighting the battle for you. And you know, and you will know that when you go out and face Goliath, you know that God is with you and he'll never leave you or forsake you or abandon you. And so you won't have to fear. And so God is saying, this is the last generation. They will look at the mountain. And they will speak to the mountain and the mountain will move. It's like this next generation that he's raising up is going to be a people who will walk by faith and not by sight. This is a generation that is going to be transformed. So on fire for God and so in alignment with God that they have become one with him. Because God is pouring out an Elijah spirit upon his church. An Elijah's spirit that will bring the lost back to God, that will bring the prodigals back to God. There's so many Christians that have walked away from God and God needs each one of us to start reaching out and bringing them back. So I pray, Lord, release the spirit of Elijah on this generation. Lord, release the spirit of Elijah upon each person here tonight and each person watching, Father God. Release the spirit of Elijah. Lord, let it hit the church. Let the spirit of Elijah fall on us and let it fall on our young generation. Let it fall on our children, Lord God. Cause us, Father God, to pick up the baton and run, Father God, this race that you've set before us, Father God. So God is saying, this armor of God that David had, God is saying, put it on. But he's saying it can only be put on when you're sitting in his presence. I never, I never saw that before, but as I was spending time with the Lord, he's saying that's the only way the armor of God is going to come on you, as you sit in his presence. I know we've all said I'm putting on the armor of God, and I remember even when I was younger in the Lord, I would physically see that metal armor that the soldiers had, and I would put that that helmet on and I'd put those steel boots on and, and I'd see myself putting on those steel pants and, and the jacket and, and I'd be trying to walk in it but that's not what it was. It's getting the armour of God sitting in his presence is in those times of soaking and basking in his presence because that's when you'll learn who God is and that's when you'll get the helmet of salvation knowing that you are saved 
And that's when you get the breastplate of righteousness, knowing you are righteous. That's where you'll get the belt of truth. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's where you'll get the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is able to destroy everything that rises up against you that's not from God. It's sitting in the presence of God. It's sitting in the presence of God that's going to put on the armor of God. So David's training was in the quiet place, alone with God, in that secret place. And David received his armor there. And so as you push into God, as you sit with him, as you make time to sit with him, God will put his armor on you and it'll be a perfect fit. So I asked the Lord what he wanted to minister to us tonight. And he said, there's three categories here tonight. People are struggling with sitting with God, finding it hard to push through the obstacles. People are finding it hard. But tonight, God wants to break whatever's stopping you from pushing through. The second thing, there are people who are facing Goliaths. And you feel like he's been taunting you for years. And you feel like you haven't been able to get victory. But the Lord says tonight there's going to be a shift in the spirit. And the third category was those who were coming, wanting to receive the spirit of Elijah. So Father, I just thank you, Lord God. Lord, out of all this tonight, I just pray that people will grab the bits that you want them to grab. And, Lord God, that they will take this word, Father God, and apply it to their lives. God, victory is achieved sitting in your presence, Lord God. Lord, we get set free sitting in your presence. We get healed physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally as we sit in your presence. We get strengthened as we sit in your presence. Father, I pray. I pray that you would call us and that we would stop resisting the calling and the pulling of your spirit and that we would start to sit with you. Father, I pray for those that are watching. Father God, I pray that the Goliaths that have been holding them captive, that they would now rise up and get victory over Goliath, seeing that the battle is the Lord's. And Father, for those that are hungry, I pray that they lift up their hands to you right now. And Lord God, that you would pour out the spirit of Elijah, that the spirit of Elijah would fall, Father God, on all those that are hungry, Father God, and that people would begin to run, run, Father God, and bring in the lost in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I don't know if that speaks to you. If you're facing Goliaths and you're not having victory, come on out and let the ministry team pray for you. If you're struggling sitting in God's presence, come let us pray for you. And if you want the spirit of Elijah to come upon you, come on out and let us pray for you. Because I believe God is releasing something in this hour. So thank you, Lord.